Well, just on that uh, awesome time of worship, well done, Tracy and the, and the team. Um, just a lot of what I wanted to share was in some of those songs. And um, so it's no surprise, you know, when you come to preach, uh, it's good to see that God's already speaking to us in, in a, a couple of the areas that I wanted to bring out today. Um, and the topic of my message or the headline of the, of the message is God's transcendence. So I'll just um, I'll list uh, four scriptures in my intro, and then some of these scriptures I'll, I'll uh, share on a, a little bit later. Um, but you can take down Isaiah 55 and verse 8 to 9. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. Uh, you can also take down 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 to 12. Job 11, verse 7 to 9, Job 11, verse 7 to 9, and 1 Timothy 6 to 16. And I'll just quickly run through these now, but Isaiah 55 and verse 8 to 9 in in the NIV translation uh, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 10 to 12 says, in the NLT, says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. And we were singing about that this morning, is that, Jesus is is the king forever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion... People are made great and given strength. Job chapter 11, verse 7 to 9 says, in the NIV, says, and I prefer it in the NIV, but um, it says, Can you fathom or understand? Can you understand the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. And 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 16 in the NLT says, He alone can never die. And he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him nor ever will. All honour and power to him forever. Amen. So, as I mentioned, I'm talking about God's transcendence. So, what does the word transcendence mean? Well, if you look, at, look up the Oxford Dictionary, it defines the, the word as the ability to go beyond the usual limits, existence or experience beyond the normal or physical. Synonyms of the word include supremacy, loftiness, Preeminence, superiority, 
wholeness, perfection, greatness, and excellence. And that pretty much sums up God, doesn't it? (laughs) The Word of God tells us in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so for God to be able to do this, then it must mean that God already existed. Amen? And he existed outside of what we know and understand as time. Uh, We were talking about at home group about this uh, the other day. Thanks, Lil. I said you were preaching my my message. (laughs) Uh, But you brought it up and uh, that's right. God does exist outside of time. Um, In fact, the concept of time is introduced to us in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 5, when God called the, day, uh, the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So who invented time? As we understand it, maybe God doesn't see it that way, I don't know. But he made it that way, <laughs> regardless, and we, we have to accept it whether we like it or not. <laughs> whether you're a night owl or, or, you prefer, or you're a morning person, uh, God created day and night. So point number one is that, and I've only got two points, nice and easy for you. God transcends time and space. Who else but God sees eternity in an hour and yet at the same time can see the world in a grain of sand? God exists outside of time and space. He has always existed. He is an uncreated being. One of God's attributes that I spoke about last year was that God is infinite, meaning that God is limitless. He never thinks about distance because he is everywhere, or omnipotent, uh, sorry, omnipresent, I should say. He doesn't need to get in a car or jump on a plane um, to be somewhere. Uh, God is everywhere all the time. Therefore, distance doesn't mean anything to him. This also relates to another of God's attributes, uh, which is that he is omniscient. Or all-knowing. See, it's hard just to look at one uh, attribute of God, which is his transcendence in isolation. You have to actually, there's a whole picture going on here. But I'm trying to draw out for you, uh, if you like, just this one element. The Word of God tells us in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, in uh, uh, verse 8, says, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. Why is that scripture in there? I've often thought, God kind of just blows our mind. Like, I'm, I'm sure you guys experience this whenever you're <laughs> reading the word and God's revealing something to you. But you read this and you just go... To me, that's just a picture and just understanding that God can come at any moment into our lives. And we're all waiting for the second coming, right? Um, So that, to me, sobers me a little. But it also reminds me of God's grace and patience. He wants all 
all mankind to be saved. And he will hold off, as we heard, uh, I think it was from Trevor, about refraining and God's uh, refraining, holding back his judgment, but he's also holding back the enemy as well. Think about the furthermost galaxy, which according to space.com, I'm, I'm sure there's a few familiar with that website here, <laughs> um, is the galaxy known as GN-Z11. Yep, you know that one? Mikey? You do? I know, I saw your photos last night. Look, looked beautiful, by the way. Uh, photos of the moon. Um, this seems to be the furthest detectable galaxy from us, from what we're capable of with our technology, right? Uh, what's the name of the satellite? The, took the Hubble? Hubble telescope. Um, so this is 13... billion light years away. It's hard for our minds to comprehend how God can be billions of light years away and yet right here with us on earth at the same time. God transcends time. He exists outside of time. God is of an essence and a substance the like of which nothing else exists in the universe. He is above it all, and yet we can know who he is. I think Psalm 8 captures this thought perfectly, so let's read it. Uh, Psalm 8 and verse 1 to 9. You can put that up in the NLT version if you've got it. Psalm 8, verse 1 to 9. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength. Thank you, kids, mint teachers. Uh, Silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon, thank you, Mikey, and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet, you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, you can go and read that for yourself um, in the book of Genesis, just talking about God creating and then, and then the pinnacle of his creation in, and in creating us, man, mankind, and, and then putting us in charge of everything that he'd, he made. He didn't put us in charge of the stars and the moon, <laughs> although we can take photos of them. Um, but he placed us right where, you know, he designed. Um, it's just this amazing picture um, of, of the greatness of God. Um, let me ask you, when was the last time you thought about God like this? Or when was the last time you looked up at the stars and thought, wow, God, you made all of this 
Yet, yet you care more about me than any of it. Thank you, Lord. Just amazing. We serve an awesome, amazing, awfully big God. Point number two. God transcends all powers, all rulers, all kingdoms on earth. This mighty God, more powerful than the sun, will burst into all of our lives, breaking down our defenses and destroying everything we put up around ourselves to protect us. And we'll have to deal with him. Just have a think about the most powerful nations and the most powerful rulers to have ever walked the earth. I can think of a few, and I haven't studied world history in, in that amount of depth. My wife has uh, some background in history and the arts. Um, but just think about the great battles and the great armies that have walked the earth. Uh, the Bible speaks of plenty of them. Uh, just go and read the Book of Kings, Chronicles, Daniel. There's loads in there, and that's just what's captured in those books. But think about kings like Solomon, David. Um, who was the, uh, the China one? Hun. Genghis Khan. Apparently he was one of the greatest of the Mong- Mongols. Um, these great mighty warriors. God transcends them all. The Bible tells us in... Romans chapter 14 and verse 11. Romans chapter 14, verse 11 to 12. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee, we sang about it this morning, every knee will bow to me, every tongue will confess and give praise to God. It's not an option, it will happen. Yes, each of us will give a personal account. To God. And yet, mankind isn't worried about it at all. We all go about our business and eat, sleep, live, breed, get old and die, never having given it a thought about the great God who transcends all. The scripture I read at the beginning was uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11, which said, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Who is this talking about? Who is this king of this kingdom? Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10 to 14 says... Hebrews 10, 10 to 14 says, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all time. Not just sometime, not just daily, the priest having to give daily sacrifices. Under the old covenant, the priest stand and minister before the altar day after day offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But, thank God, 
But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. There he waits. He waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. It's an awesome scripture. Um, And the context, the reason I've included it here is because we need to understand who this almighty God is. Yes, he created everything. Um, but what's he done for us? And what does it mean to us? Why did he send Jesus to earth? Well, this is, this is why. He transcends them all. He transcends all powers, all authorities, all rulers. And he sat down right now and he's waiting. It means that he shares God's strength, authority and blessing. It is the highest place and the highest honour possible. When Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, it means all other things, all other beings are under him. All powers, all rulers, all kingdoms on earth and in heaven. He's created them all. So he's got to be ruler of them all, right? <laughs> it's kind of common sense. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm happy to worship that kind of God. King Jesus, who paid the highest price to rescue us from sin and from being eternally separated. King Jesus, who is the author of the greatest love story of all time, for all eternity, for our kids to hear about in Kidsmen. He is the King. The Holy One who is worshipped in heaven, as we see in uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. Uh, Revelation 4, verse 8 to 11 says... Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, we've sung it this morning, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is and who is to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honour and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things. And they exist because you created what you pleased. How awesome is God? He created the earth. He created the the heavens. He is awesome. This is an awesome picture showing us what is to come. And yet we humans care so very, very little about him. If I'm honest, I'm flippant with God. I repent of these of that that heart and that attitude towards God. Let me tell you something, friends. This mighty God, like a great burning universe, he will burst in on us someday. 
destroying all our defences, and, and we will have to deal with him face to face and give, an, give a personal account, as the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 12. Yes, each of us will give us a, a personal account to God. What a sobering scripture. I think the church needs some sobering. <laughs> uh, thankfully, um, Joe preached a couple of months ago a word on the fear of the Lord. I hope you all heard <laughs> that word. If you haven't, I'd, I'd encourage you to go and, and listen to that again. But he brought a, just a, such a healthy balance on that word of um, there's a healthy fear um, that, that drives us to God, right? It, doesn't drive, it shouldn't drive us away. It drives us to God. Um, and, but balancing it with love is that it's because of love um, that we need to have a healthy fear of God. And so encourage you to, to, to go and have a listen. Um, but I don't know about you, but that knowing that we've got to give a, a personal account to God, that not only sobers me, but it quickens to humble myself um, before the Almighty God. Um, this is also referred to as the dread of God. And we don't like that because we don't want to dread anything. When we hear news of another lockdown coming, whew, this dread and this fear sweeps over us, doesn't it? It did over me. I don't know, I don't know if you guys experienced, but the thought of it, I was just like, oh, another one, here we go, right? This, this, this dread comes. Well, let me remind you that Jesus is coming. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to freak you out, but he is coming. It says it in his word. And how many of you know that the dread or fear of the Lord actually leads to life? It leads to true wisdom. True knowledge is the very foundation of wisdom, the, the word says. Leads to treasures, riches, honor, and the long life. It offers the escape from the snare of death, eternal death, bringing security and protection from harm. And you can take down the scripture references, um, go and read the book of Proverbs, um, Job 28 28, and Psalm 111, verse 10. And as I mentioned, Job preached this awesome message a couple of months ago, and so I'd recommend you go check it out. When you meet God, you get over the dangers and fears of this world. But the fear, the dread that is God, is not a sense of danger. It's a sense of being in the presence of someone very wonderful, of being overwhelmed in the presence of that which is above all creatures. It's not being in the presence of a famous actor or celebrity uh, or a prime minister or a queen, as nice as that might, might be. Perhaps you've met your favourite footy star um, over the years. Um, you know, these people that you kind of admire and look up to. But it's nothing like that. It's being in the presence of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Just think about it. We've spoken in the past about how you would maybe get yourself ready if you knew the queen was coming to visit. Well, God is here in our meetings, in our midst. Do we get ourselves ready? 
to meet with God. It's not in my notes, but I just felt to say that. We should live for the day when God will break in and in on our lives. And that can happen right now. And that's what conversion is. To be saved, to repent, to be forgiven of your sin. To see a vision of God in, in your heart and to see Jesus on his cross and on his throne. To be brought into the presence of this holy God. And we see an awesome account of a man who has this revelation in Isaiah. So let's read uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse uh, 1 to 5. How am I doing for time? It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. There's a similar account in uh, the book of Revelation, with, uh, which Joe mentioned, with John. Just going, oh, the dread. Like, I think we need some dread in our lives. <laughs> we need to be, need some of this Isaiah. You know, he fully understood who he was in light of who God is. Um, so let me ask you, do you understand who you are in light of who God is? Do we see him as the almighty king, holy, lord of heaven's armies? So here is the good news. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 15 to 18, and I'm going to land with this. You can pop that scripture up if you've got it, George. Verse 15 says, All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love. It's one of his attributes. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because, and underline this, perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So let me ask you, which camp are you in? Fear of his judgment or have you put your trust in Jesus? Looking around, I think most of us have. 
but so that you can face him with confidence, not because of what you've done, but have confidence in what he has done for you on the cross. That's the only thing we can put our confidence in, yeah, is the blood of Jesus and what that means, and that sacrifice once for all. So let's lift up our eyes to see the God who transcends time and space and all powers, all rulers, and all kings on earth and in heaven. Amen. Amen. But yeah, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it just brings such a reminder of who you are. Um, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. And yeah, it just brings such truth. It illuminates um, who you are. Um, it just gives us a better understanding, a comprehension of uh, the Almighty. Lord, we, we truly stand in awe of you. Lord, we've been singing about you. Um, we've been lifting our hands and clapping. And Lord, we, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that you're our, uh, in you we have our victory, Lord. And we thank you that, uh, that you conquered death, Lord, that you paid the ultimate price. And um, Lord, even though you transcend all of this stuff um, and you are high and lifted up, you are so close we just have to call. We just have to ask as the memory scripture in our kids' men uh, have been asked to revise in Matthew 7, 7. Lord, we just thank you that we can ask, seek, and knock. And, um, yeah, and you are right there, Lord. You are closer than the hairs on our head. Uh, Lord, I just, just want to pray for us that um, we would have this revelation, Lord, that we would truly look at the, the stars and the moon and go, you, how awesome you are, how mighty you are. Um, yet, you are mindful of us. Lord, you deserve all the praise, all the honour and all the glory, just as the angels in heaven are singing. Lord, we give you all, all glory and all honour and all praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.